Hey guys, Karis here. Yeah, new intro who dis. This week we're chatting with Ashay Shah. Ashay is the owner of Kick Marketing. He started the business up. He went out on his own about a year ago. Kudos to Ash. And he's sharing with us a few do's and don'ts of marketing. I've got some friends and family who are looking to start their own business. And even me with this podcast, you're trying to get it out there. So for those people, be super beneficial. Even if you're not into marketing, you don't have a strategy you need to plan for. It's really interesting knowing where the digital marketing world is at and how businesses are trying to retarget you, especially online. Ashay also shares a really incredible story of his time growing up in Kenya. So make sure you hang around for that. It's sort of shaped him and been a launch to starting his own business. If you like it, make sure you subscribe so you can be notified each week when the latest ep comes out. And if you're a Teach Me In 20 OG fan, make sure you head over to the Teach Me In 20 podcast Facebook group. That's where you get to ask the questions of the recent episode. So head on over and you can ask Ashay or myself anything from this recent ep, anything I might have missed. Let's get to it. Teach Me In 20. Teach Me In 20. Hey everyone, welcome to Teach Me in 20 with Karis Ryan. Today I'm joined by Ashay Shah. He's the owner of Kick Marketing and we're going to have an awesome chat today, Ashay. Looking forward to it, Karis. How's things? Busy, busy but good. I hear you good. are crushing it business-wise. I'd like to think so, which is, yeah, probably a good thing. But no, everything's going well so far, which is good. Was that a bit of a leap of faith starting out on your own marketing business? Oh, it was so scary. But I think whenever you're out of your comfort zone, your body's just saying, your mind's saying, don't do it, don't do it. But that's how you actually grow, by doing stuff you, you don't like doing. So, yeah. Mm. What pushed you to do it in the end? Funny story. So, I was actually studying mechanical engineering and finance at Curtin. And then in our third year of uni, third or fourth year, my good friend, Tommy, uh, who's doing the exact same course as me, we had this picture in our mind saying, yeah, we're entrepreneurs. It's, it's like a pretty big thing. It'll be pretty cool. Let's start like a business. We're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So then um, firstly, we're going to researching a few things. We're like, oh, let's sell drones. It's like the next big thing. And then we went on, uh, I think it's Alibaba. And then we're trying to find drones on there. But then we're like, oh. These look a little bit cheap, we're not too sure. But then on the bottom it says, you might like this. And then it was bubble soccer suits. We're like, hey, that does seem pretty cool. Let's, uh, let's check this out. So then we um, called up a few insurance companies because we thought that's probably the main cost it's going to be, like getting some insurance in case people hurt themselves. Okay. And then we quickly found out it was actually very hard to find somebody who's going to insure you for that because it's such a niche sort of thing. So you, you can't just go to like... HBF or RAC Did or Amy. Did they know what it even was? They didn't, no. So then uh, we kind of put the thing on hold for like two or three months. And then I can't remember what sparked it again. But we said, right, let's actually give this a crack. And yep. then, um, yeah, just took it from there. Researched a few companies, want to buy. And then full steam ahead from there. Just yeah. boom. So for people that don't know, Bubble mm. Bash is your business as well. Correct. And it's those massive, clear bubble suits people wear. And you're basically just bashing into each other. Well, the aim is to try to play soccer, which is what I tell parents. Oh, okay. But kids just love yeah, exactly. But kids just love having a bash around, bumping, bashing, rolling around. Yeah. Bucks parties are another big thing. So we don't really have like a middle ground. It's either ten year old birthday parties or grown men in a bucks party. That's pretty much the two target markets we have. Yeah, nice. But yeah, it's it's real fun. It is a mm. lot of fun. Yeah. And I can see the appeal. And I guess 
you've gone from strength to strength with that and that led on to you wanting to do your own marketing. Yeah, so taking it back, yeah, we pretty much thought we were cool entrepreneurs, knew <laughs> everything about business, but we quickly learned that it's actually such a hard thing to kind of do because you don't know what you're actually doing, but through that journey, it was pretty good. So we started another company called... Um, archery skirmish because we kind of thought there's no real middle ground here between the kids parties and the box parties okay so that gave us the confidence to kind of start that but um through doing the we used to do all the stuff in-house like all our marketing all the bookkeeping the whole lot and through running facebook ads for that business i actually realized i can actually help other people run their facebook ads and actually teach them to market their business for themselves so that kind of got me started into kick marketing a little bit more and then Delving deeper into that sort of side, yeah. Any reason for the name, Q? Yeah, another funny story. So I actually uh, love to box, one of my hobbies for the past three or four years now. Love it. So I was actually going to call it Punch Marketing, but um, that name was actually taken. So then my housemate, her, she does Muay Thai. So we have a bit of friendly banter, like, oh, Muay Thai is better because you can kick. So I thought, let me just take the piss here. So I called it Kick Marketing, um, just to not think about it too much and just, yeah. Start there. Is So I've got friends um, and even family who are yep. looking to do their own business. Mm. Is the brand name, is it important or is it mainly what you're doing, the marketing? Like you could be called anything and it doesn't matter. Like Google, for instance, who would have thought that name yeah. works? No, it's actually very important. So branding is actually very important down the line, I'd say. Okay. So a lot of people, when they start a business, they think, oh, no, I have to get my branding right, my color palette right, my website right. Mm. The main thing is if you just take action and just take one step forward, you don't have to be perfect from the start. But as soon as you realize that, you actually don't need a website to start your own company or business. There's many people who just use their Facebook page. Branding becomes very important in terms of what forms part of branding is your purpose as to why you're in business, which is very important. If you don't know why you're in business, nothing else can happen down the line. But wouldn't people just be like, my purpose is I want to make money? That's one purpose, but you might not go that far. So part of that comes what problem do you solve? Do you help people survive or do you help people thrive? If you don't do any of those two things, you're not going to be in business for very long. Okay. Mm. So what are some of the pur- from the clients you've had? Yeah. Can you share like what their purpose has been just as an example? Yeah. So I've actually got one gym client. So obviously going to the gym, yeah, it's to gain muscle, but... For a lot of people, it's to help them gain some self-confidence or some self-esteem issues or just they haven't had the time. They want to have more time to spend with their kids, but they get home and they're just too tired. So by working out, joining his program, they can get that uh, Mm. energy, I guess, yeah, Yeah. which is what they want. Okay. Or another one could be if you're trying to buy your first home. Yeah, you are buying your first home, but it gives people safety security so there's always a deeper layer as to what business you're really in and what your purpose really is okay Mm. that makes sense Mm. so i want to super nerd out with you because you are full of knowledge regarding the facebook advertising world i think so (laughs) i've ventured in a little bit of it Mm -hmm. nowhere near as much as you sure so tell us the scope of it because here's what i know in that you can target cheryl who's 30 plus years old who earns this much and likes running or something if you want to yep, target yep, yep, yep. you can really got hone in Correct. to a specific demographic mm-hmm. which is fantastic it means your dollars are being well spent mm-hmm. but expand that for us in how you actually help your clients increase sales and find customers 
So I think the way marketing has moved today is very different to what it used to be 10, 20 years ago. Even like six months ago. Like Correct. It's, There's always something new. Yeah, rapidly but changing. What used to happen before is you only need about five or six different touch points is what we say. So 10, 20 years ago, somebody would buy from you if they see your brand maybe three or four times. Now we're just bombarded with information. If you go on, on your Facebook app, if you go on your Instagram, if you go on Tinder, if you go on Bumble, if you go... Google, no matter where you go, you always see ads. So we need a lot more touch points. Mm -hmm. Some people say up to 30 now till somebody's going to buy from you. So the whole marketing game has changed dramatically to what it used to be. So Facebook is incredibly powerful because you can, as you said, you can target people based on who fit your mold. Mm -hmm. But another crucial thing is you can actually retarget people who've actually been on your website, who've interacted with a post, who've watched a certain video. And you can constantly nurture them with more content because people might not buy you from the very first go, which it does happen, but people might need to trust you a little bit more so you can feed them content, which is relevant to them and not really sell all the time, but just keep front of mind like, hey, by the way, check it out. I'm at this new job site or check it out. I'm um, going to give you like the top three tips on how you can lose weight or something just of value. Is that through the Facebook algorithm in that they like that certain stuff so then you target it or you've made it so if they've seen your ad and they haven't responded, yep. you can just keep giving so them like better deals and both. stuff? Okay. Um, as you know, your Facebook newsfeed is going to be very different to what my newsfeed is. So the way marketing is, is moving, everything is very personalised. If you don't make Mine's it personalised... <laughs> exactly, because you... <laughs> Like dogs, which is cool. Matt keeps sending me dog videos, so it just keeps coming up. <laughs> so <laughs> if you don't make a very personalized sort of um, process for your customer, it's going to be very hard for them to trust you as well. Okay. So going back to your question was um, the retargeting bit. Yep. Yeah. So let me take the second part is, yes, if they um, watch a certain video, you can retarget them down the line and keep on. You can have like any date range you want, 10 days, 20 days, the whole year, the whole lot. Okay. But so every week you can be like, all right, send it to Susan again because she hasn't replied. Correct, but you don't want to be annoying because otherwise that's yeah. going to piss people off. If you piss people off, they're not going to buy from you because right. they're annoyed. But another way which um, is super powerful is big data. So there's a whole thing, like, oh, my God, they store all my stuff, which I watch, with, the, which I see, which I like. That's actually a very good thing because they can custom make content to what you want to see then. Okay. So, for example, if you kept on seeing goldfish on your newsfeed, you're not going to like that because you like dog stuff. Yeah. So you can actually be hyper-targeted in what you want to show people, which is relevant to them. And that couldn't be actually done 20 years ago. It's very difficult. Now it's become so much simpler to do if you do it correctly. Mm. So what is the success you're seeing with your clients? Like how? So they come to you mm. and they're probably shocked at because people these days, a lot of business owners don't actually realize the effect of digital marketing and yep. Facebook marketing. So what's the amount of, I guess, ballpark in mm. a company that isn't using this at the moment to those to when it does start? What's the improvement they can see within how long and what are the numbers? Okay, uh, that's very tricky to answer because with marketing, you can never say, I'm going to get you this many leads or that many leads. You just don't know. I guess it depends on their money they're spending as well. It predicts on the budget. Uh, sorry, it, yeah, it depends on the budget. It depends on what sort of uh, customer they serve what sort of content they're producing, what sort of size, who else is trying to bid for their same target market. It's a whole bunch of factors. In saying that, though, if you structure your campaigns with some sort of strategy, 
mm. it can make life so much easier because what I kind of see people is they might just do a simple ad just to get more page likes but no actually follow-up on how they're going to use those page likes. So it's all about having strategy as to understanding your customer journey and what sort of um, pathway you want to lead them down, which is a little bit ambiguous to answer your question. But I yeah. guess, mm. yeah, true. Yeah. I guess in comparatively sure. to radio advertising okay. or print advertising, sure. how much more? Is it like a 20% better return rate on online? Or? Yeah. So the good thing about online marketing right now is you can track every single thing. So if you do a radio ad, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it does serve a purpose, but you can't really track how many customers have actually heard your ad or Follow, as a result, right. yeah. Google your name. It's very hard to kind of track all that. Okay. Whereas with Facebook ads, Google ads, everything online, it's everything is trackable, which makes smart marketing sense. You can actually see where your advertising dollars, what ROI it's producing exactly. Okay. Mm. And ROI, you mean return investment? Return on for those that are investment, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, okay. So what are the misconceptions you see people wanting to attempt their own marketing? Like, yeah. How do you, how would you help? Like, what's some tips you can give people who are trying to do it themselves? Correct. So, a lot of businesses I do work with, they've been running their own ads in the past because business people who kind of start up, they're wearing many hats. Yep. They do the marketing, they deal with the clients, they deal with the bookkeeping. So, at the start, I guess you do have to do your own ads. The thing with most advertising platforms is it does take a little bit of time to understand how the platform actually works. So, the first thing is you have to understand who your customer is and who you're trying to serve. So okay. if you if I ask you, Karis, you have a business in X, Y, and Z, who do you serve? If you say everybody, that's the wrong answer because you have to have a particular niche who you serve. So that could simply be within a 5K radius of if you're a local store. It could be um, a certain age group. It could be people who like dogs, for example. But you've got to have a target audience who you want to market to in the first place. Um, and... Facebook ads makes it very simple in order to target people by age, location, mm -hmm. the whole lot, mm -hmm. what they like, which is good. The next thing, which is very crucial, is your, I guess, your offer, which is your what it is you're actually trying to sell. Do people actually want to buy what you have to sell? So if it's something tried and tested like a gym or a dentist, that's cool. But if, if it's something new to the marketplace, then you got to really got to understand, do people actually really want this? And a lot of the time, it's not exactly what you sell, but it's the underlying benefit it's going to bring to the person. Okay. To give me an example, if you're trying to sell teeth whitening, you're not just selling teeth whitening. You're selling somebody's going to improve their confidence, their self-esteem. They're going to a wedding. It's a special day. You're selling that a lot more. Okay. Yep. Mm. Yep. So is there a template you follow? So... With each client you have, you go, yeah. I'm doing this, this, and this each time. Yeah. Or does it vary depending on what the service or product is? Yeah, so I have a very simple survey which I send to them. It pretty much tells me exactly what it is they sell, the benefit it gives to the customer, who their target market is, um, that sort of stuff. So understanding your customer is the first step. But then it's also creating content which is going to capture people's attention. So whether that's a video, whether that's an image, whether that's a carousel, whether it's a slideshow. So in terms of a template, if you ask me, you have to test multiple different things. You can't just do one ad and let that be because mm -hmm. you just don't know if your audience actually likes that ad or not. The, if you understand the other person seeing your ad is a human being, we can't be predictable all the time. And in order to find out what people like, you have to show them different um, 
cases, I guess. Yeah. And then pick which one is working the best. So I guess you could say I would target uh, three different target markets. So I guess is that – do you mean like mm. that split testing you're doing? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Split testing, which is in online marketing, it's a fundamental thing. So you're doing three different ads, seeing which one does better and then Correct. Going, we're going to put more money And then you can that. just tweak more. So you can turn off the ones which aren't doing well and mm-hmm. then you can modify the one that is doing well. But you, you only change one factor each time. So you might just change the headline or you might just change the picture use or you might change the copy, which is the actual text in the ad. So it's all about testing and refining the process constantly and always being on the ball. So how did you learn all this? I know you've got two university (laughs) degrees. Yes. Um, But there's so many marketing courses out there and I'm even flooded with them. You know, do this course, grow your business. How do people know which one to do or is it, you know, did you self are you self-taught all this? So there's a couple of ways I learned. First was I did an online course, which pretty much tells you how to do run the, the Facebook ads platform. But what, of course, is don't really teach you is marketing strategy. You can have the latest sort of hacks and tips and tricks, but if you don't have a fundamental strategy in place, your marketing just isn't going to work. Such as? Such as just doing one ad, for example, or okay. not guiding people down a certain journey. But the way I learned was, so I was lucky with Bubble Bash. I could sort of test my own ads, which is where I got a little bit of confidence doing that way. But the main way I learned is actually just by doing. Yeah. Um, that's really the only way you can learn. There's, you can do as many courses as you want, but um, a good person I call Ryan Tuckwood, who I went to sales training with, he goes, knowledge is not power. You have to actually use that knowledge in some way and actually implement it. That's how you actually do it. So you can't just do it online courses which is going to help you at the start, I guess, but you have to put it in practice and just learn by doing. Yeah. And part of that comes wasting money. In What do you call wasting money? It's called learning. <laughs> and it sucks that it has to be a, a financial sort of yeah. thing to correct, learn. Correct, correct, correct. But they do say, which is very cliche, you've got to spend money to make money, I guess, yeah. And are people mm. surprised at their return on investment from Facebook marketing when you start working with them? 100%. So a lot of people, as I mentioned, is people who have been running their own ads and they're, they're, they've, again, learned how to do Facebook ads through an online course, but they're not exactly sure if what they're doing is right or wrong because they've only been doing one ad or one this or one that. So the moment I step on board and try to test out different things, I can immediately see, like, oh, this is actually changing. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. This is cool. So... Results can come within one day, one week, or one month. But as long as I understand how my process works, mm. that's uh, crucial, I think, yeah. How yeah. much should someone – so without going overboard, sure. what's a good budget for someone who's starting their own business yep. and obviously doesn't want to outlay a whole lot of cash? Sure, sure. Like Oprah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What's a good sort of baseline number? Again, that depends on who you're trying to target again. So if you're only trying to target people in Perth who live within a certain radius – you can spend a little bit less because your audience isn't going to be that big. Whereas if you're trying to target the entire country, there's some 2 million odd people, you're going to have to spend more in order to get that reach. Cause, but yeah, again, it depends. But I'd say if you're going to target uh, anywhere between 10 to $20 per day, I'd say at least. Okay. Um, and the reason That's why... That's a small... Sort That's of probably the small range. Your little seat, your suburb. Or yeah. yeah. Again, it depends on yeah. how big it is. But um, to explain a little bit more how Facebook is different to other platforms, such as Google, for example, is you can actually target people who are we say cold. 
So they don't know exactly who you are or what you're about. So that's why you have to spend a little bit more in order to nurture them and warm them up to become familiar with your business. Whereas with something like Google, they're already searching for that product or service. So they're already in the intention to kind of buy. So you might be able to get away with spending a little bit less. Again, it's all dependent on who's bidding and the auction the whole lot. Mm. But um, that's how kind of Facebook can work. Yeah. So is there still benefit? I guess there is still benefits of Google. Yes, there is 100%. But you would prioritize Facebook? No, I'm. so I, I don't think like Facebook is better than Google. I think there's different marketing platforms serve a different purpose. And I'm a true believer you should do multi-channel marketing if you can, if you have the budget. Facebook is one tool, which mm-hmm. is quite powerful. Google's another one. You can do banner ads, display ads, SEO. There's a whole bunch of stuff which you can do. Facebook's very good because you can actually reach people who, as I said, they don't know about you, so you can kind of introduce yourself to them. Okay. Yeah. From as well, I wanted to ask all mm. your learnings and your experience. Yes. What's some great advice? And you've already given some. Sure. But one interesting thing or something you didn't realize and that would really benefit people. Because I've seen some of your videos for yep. everyone that doesn't know. <laughs> Ashe puts up some, like, they're great tutorial mm. videos. Mm. And a lot of the time people are like, you're giving away these stuff, this stuff for free. Yep. You know, I paid thousands of dollars for a course that told me this. Mm. But out of all of that, like, what's something like a really good, yeah. interesting marketing technique that you could tell the lame person? Sort of, well, I would say it's a technique, but you got to... Without trust, you won't have any sales. So people have to trust you in one way. And putting out content like what I'm doing is a very good way to build trust in a very authentic way Mm because authenticity is a very crucial thing in today's world. As I mentioned, we're bombarded all the time with information. And it's because we're always on our phones as well. Correct. It's always coming And we have to filter that out in some form or way. So if you mark yourself in a very authentic way, it's going to be very simpler for people to trust you and eventually buy from you. So I'd say... A crucial thing is get out there, get in front of your customer's face in terms of filming content. Um, A lot of people don't do that because of fear of being judged, which is kind of fair enough. I was the exact same way. In terms of? They don't want to make content because they think, oh, people might think, oh, I look, I sound a certain way. Even just before he was like, oh, my God, I hate my the sound of my own voice. Okay. But um, people have a lot of fear of being judged just yeah. in the world we kind of stay in. Um, but I mean, that is true. I mean, look yeah, at yeah. all the, I mean, this whole coronavirus thing going on at the moment and people yeah. are putting their two cents worth on and then there's people that have that, their, yeah. anything you put out there, people, yeah. these keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors, yeah. Oh, just be moment, nice people. Correct, correct, <laughs> correct. Just offer value of some way. But um, when it comes to marketing yourselves, people do find it a little bit tough. Um, as I mentioned, fear of being judged. But one thing I learned is if somebody's going to talk down on you, they're going to find any reason, regardless of if you're moving forward, if you're moving backwards, if you're moving sideways, if you're even staying still in life. If people are going to talk shit, they will talk shit. But the only way you can move forward is by taking yourself forward and getting yourself out there, out of your comfort zone. How many times did you repeat that to yourself when you started? Your every business? morning, every morning, my <laughs> affirmations, I am worthful, I am this, I'm this. I'm confident, yeah. Really? Um, yeah. Mindset is a huge thing in business because, again, it comes down to your purpose and why you're in business. If you don't have a strong enough why, it's going to be very hard for you to stay in business and actually persevere through the roller coaster that it is. Yeah. Um, uh, just, yeah, per- exactly. And I think that's even a life motto too. Like 100%. What's your purpose? Why? 100%. Because just for 
in, in terms of business, just longevity wise, it just keeps you getting up in the morning. Correct. And, you know, and motivated. It, I only found my why, I guess, six months ago when I decided to take my business full time. I thought I can actually really help people here, help them with their marketing, help them get them more customers so they can live a good life as well. But that must be a good feeling. It is a good feeling. It's what you know, I'm making people rich. Well, and then they're happy. <laughs> my vision, I guess, is to run profitable Facebook campaigns so people can spread their message to the world, their business, and impact other people. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have that why, I wouldn't want to wake up in the morning and actually go do my job, I guess, my work. So I guess finding your why is a very crucial thing, and it might not happen quite quickly. You might not understand it, but it's important that you actually take the time, sit down with your thoughts, and actually get it down as to what it is you want to achieve and how you want to impact people with your business or service. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, do you, are you picky with who your customers are? Because you just said, I want them to share their message. But if they're like, I don't know. Scumbags? No. Selling dildos or something. Are you still going to like go? Well, it's, <laughs> it's how you frame it, yeah? We're in the business of giving people pleasure, I guess. Yeah, you could say so. It's how you frame it. What business are you really in? Yeah. yeah. So you're just... you. You're happy to... No, no, no. So I do... Is there any... Let's give it... I'll reword it. Is there anyone that's come to you and they want your help and you're like, I am not helping with that? At this stage, no. But my... Report back to me when that does come. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I generally help people who are in a service-based company. Okay. Small to medium size, yeah. That's my thing. So e-commerce is not something I really do. I have like a trusted network of people I refer them on to, but I'm mainly in service-based lead generation. Mm-hmm. And why marketing? Like, why does it excite you? Marketing excites me because if you don't have any marketing in place for your business, if you have no sales, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. So you need some cash flow in order to have a business and marketing is a fundamental thing which forms part of that. Mm. And I'm very stoked that I can help people earn a living for themselves, their family, with my marketing skills, it makes me feel really good that I can actually impact them in some way and they can impact the rest of the world with what they have to sell. Yeah. Come a long way. For everyone that doesn't know, you actually grew up in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, miles away from there. Yeah, so I grew up in Kenya and moved to Perth where in 2003 when I was 11. Mm. And I guess, do you think you have, would have been able to do what you are doing now if you were still living there? To be honest, if whoever's living in Australia or in a first world, you have no idea how lucky we are to actually stay here, the amount of opportunity that we have. Um, yeah, we just have so much freedom here. Like you can just walk on the street without being jacked, I guess, or having to fear Is for that life. like you grew up having that? Well, it's funny whoever you talk to. So I have like family who live there. For them, it's I guess it's just part of normal life. But yeah, like we pretty much moved to Perth because... My dad got kidnapped twice, actually. <laughs> yeah, so first time when I was six years old, um, my dad was actually part of a vigilante community group, I guess, like a commun- community watch. Okay. Um, so the police don't really have many resources there. So my dad was part of a group where they actually take the police out and patrol in their own private cars um, just because the police don't have any resources. And then when he was coming back from one of his meetings, he actually got kidnapped at our front gate. Um, held a gun to his head and said, get in the in the back seat. Oh, my God. And um, part of the reason why there's a lot of crime is actually people just want to survive. That's mm. why there's a lot of crime there. They're just actually, they want to just feed themselves and their I know, family. That's yeah. a father right there. I know, I know. Um, 
yeah. That's hectic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and not once, but twice. So, with the same group or just no. a different, totally unrelated? The second time was, I think, the uh, government, yeah, <laughs> because he didn't pay a bribe. <laughs> So they're grabbing him and they what Yeah, no, so they uh they chucked him in the car and then they had a gun to his head, but then my dad had his walkie-talkie from um his group he was part of and he was talking on that and there was obviously chatter going there so like, "Hey, they told him, "What's that? Who are you talking to?" And he goes like, "Oh no, I work in a construction site, so it's just a company radio going through, so they kind of bought that story. That's good. But That's then they genius. um they dropped him on the fringes of the uh, on the town, and then the main thing is they wanted the car. That's what they wanted to steal. Um, so then they dropped him off on the um, side of the road, and then I can't remember how exactly he got back home, but yeah, that was that. And the mm. second time as well, was it just to send a message, I guess? Um, second time was because he didn't pay a bribe, Um it's just the sad like world a about speeding the third fine or um, you know how we have GST here, mm. yeah. So they have a thing called VAT there. So they would just come every time, ask for their VAT every week or so. But then he just got fed up. He's like, "I'm not paying you guys. Mm. Like I've already paid you multiple times." Um, and I, yeah. So then he got thrown in jail for that once or twice, I think it was. And then another one was everybody there has private security guards at nighttime. If you live like in a in a compound. Okay. Which is for safety. So, so are we talking like a gated? It's like a gated sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um. So we got robbed probably once a year, <laughs> and the watch guard we had was very like good. He saved us like a lot of times. But then I think the third or fourth time they just came and hit a metal pole on his head in the middle of the night outside my sister's bedroom outside the house. Um, Did she say it? She heard it because it was right uh. at, outside um her bedroom. So woke up the entire street. Um. Then he passed away in a coma after three days. Oh. Um, and from that, literally, our walls just became like a prison, just like obviously for safety. So you um, just built on top? Built on top, just like barbed wire fences, like poles sticking out just for our own um, safety. So are you allowed to go out during the day and play like a normal uh, kid? We, we play in a house, I guess, yeah. We, you wouldn't play on the street here. Like you can't just sit on your front lawn, I guess, here like we do here. Like... When's the last time you saw like a gate around like a yeah, suburban sure. house here? It's quite rare. Yeah. Um, over there, every house has like a compound and gate. Um, but since, yeah, then I think my parents took the brave step to actually move from there because obviously my sisters were, I think, in high school then as well. I was in primary school, so obviously moved to Perth here, bit of a better life. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. I find as well like people, I mean, you've been able to look up to your family taking that big leap mm. of faith. So does that help do you shape sort of your, where you work, operate business? 100% because most of my family is actually in business in some way, either in Kenya or in London. So my dad actually started business pretty much when he started to work. I think he had like a shop, then a plastics manufacturing company. So I kind of grew up with a business-oriented mind, mind mm. I guess, or environment. My um, cousin's... Uh, Uncles and stuff, even they had their own like factories, businesses in Kenya. So I kind of grew up around that sort of world, um, which is again partly the reason why I thought like if I start a business, it's going to be easy because all right, they can do it. But then, yeah, I think I was at a fascination about starting a business and kind of exploring that part of yeah my life to see what's what can be done. That mm. is nuts. Um, yeah. I guess no turning back. You're glad you're here in Perth. No, that's actually why I quit all my other jobs just to focus on business, just to back myself against the wall. Just the only way is going forward. And 
it was pretty tough at the start as well, just pretty much living paycheck to paycheck, which I still kind of do anyway, but it's like a growth phase. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the long-term vision I see for myself. Um, what I can achieve, what I th- didn't think was actually possible to kind of push myself as well. So mm. That is fascinating. Yeah. What a story. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, there's always more uh, than meets the eye. Yeah, that's it. Um, Ash, thanks so much for coming on mm. and teaching us about the changing world of marketing. And hopefully people out there, if you're starting your own business, you've got some tips today um, to help you on your journey. Just take the leap of faith. Just got to do it. Just do it. Thanks, Ash, for coming on. Thanks, Karis. See you, guys. See ya. It'll only cost you 20 minutes. Hope you enjoyed that one, guys, and you're ready to take the marketing world by the balls. If you did like it, make sure you rate and review it on the Apple Store. Every review you make helps people find the Teach Me in 20 podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe. Next week's F is an absolute killer. The topic is BDSM. Yeah, you heard right, BDSM. No two weeks here are the same. We're chatting with Club Freak owner, OTK Daddy. So if you want to learn more and also you find out what that name stands for, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when that app comes out. We'll see you then. Teach me in 20. Teach me in 20.